Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. Happy 2020, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We hope you all had a relaxing holiday week filled with good food, loved ones, and we hope you allowed yourself to melt into and be one with your couch. Mm. I definitely went through a cycle of eat, sleep, rinse, and repeat. And you know what? That is completely okay. Last year around this time in episode 34, we reflected on the past year of 2018 and discussed our goals for the 2019 year. Now that we've reached the end of 2019 and survived it, we've gone back to our resolutions at the beginning of 2019 to see how we've tracked against these goals. End of year reflections can be both daunting and energizing as we celebrate the great moments and reluctantly recall the not so great. That is what we'll be discussing in this episode. So before we rehash our original hashtag goals, hashtag aim, hashtag focus for the year, let's start with just going through a reflection of 2019 for ABG, our collective goal. I know it's crazy. So earlier today, before we met up, we're like talking on Facebook Messenger and we're listing out all the things that we did in 2019. And Janet goes, wow, we actually did 70% of our growth for ABG in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've been around for about two years. And if we looked at our list and we also re-listened to our past episode that Mm -hmm. was reflecting on 2018. And yeah, it was like we 2X'd an activity in in every single way. So um, we got a long list here that we're about to share with you guys. So in 2019, we actually met a lot of you guys. We had in-person meetings with our fans in Los Angeles, San Francisco. We went international, hit Toronto, and met a couple of you guys in Taipei and London as well. And 2019 also was the first step into us speaking at college events. And so we were at Purdue University, Indiana. We spoke at Helen's alma mater in Boston College. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were able to speak at really great companies such as Facebook, Verizon Media. We were also were invited to host a workshop for the LA Women's Conference that we totally were sweating through, but we made it through. And we had our first live joint event called Off the Mic with the Ladies of Perfectly Imperfect and First of All Podcast. We also had a number of episodes and guests. We hit 50 plus episodes and published seasons four and five and had guests like Nadia Okamoto from the period movement to speak to us about the importance of youth empowerment, Kathy Nguyen to share her experience of giving birth and being a new mama, and Simu Liu to talk about starting his career as an accountant before moving into entertainment. We also had our first video, sorry, our, our faces officially, yes. <laughs> with the uh, Wang Fu Productions from their More Wang Fu channel on lunch break. 
and we got our first award. We were recognized by Apex, the Asian Professional Exchange, with the Cultural Excellence Award. 2019 was also the year that we started working with brands, uh, with doing some advertising that you guys might have noticed in some of our episodes. And that was to help kind of bring in some funding as we're starting to kind of like run this little business. Secondly to that, merch. We launched our first item of merch with the mantra tee designed by our incredibly talented friend Jeanette Liao, and then followed pretty shortly with the second t-shirt, our ABGT, which was a throwback to the 90s. We also started a newsletter, which we launched to help better engage with all of the ABGs and ABBs out there. And we grew our team. We added two members, Michelle, who is our official editor and now has been with us for, I think, over a year. But she yeah. began working more formally with us in 2019. And Hemi, um, who we brought on to help build out our newsletter and help brainstorm ideas around future things that we'll talk about for 2020. Yeah, ladies. <laughs> and last but not least, we became an LLC. So you can hear all the stuff that we kind of listed off that we were doing. It happened very organically and very kind of naturally. It just became kind of a necessity because of all the stuff that we were doing so yeah it was a big step for us we're officially a company i think that's crazy we are <laughs> we are recognized by the government your small the business USA. owners yeah. we have to pay taxes on things oh, we're shit. still trying to figure, we figure out. that out <laughs> um, i think it was as janet was talking about merch it kind of feels like we've been doing merch forever because we we're always fulfilling orders and emailing people back and it's kind of insane to realize that we actually only started this past year no, what's yeah. crazy is that we started, or our LA meetup was this year. Yeah. And everything, yeah. all the different mind. events and speaking events that we've had was all, like, basically this year, which is so crazy to me. Yeah. It definitely, it feels like it's been, like, two years in mm-hmm. this one year. Yeah. I kind of lose track of how long ABG has been it alive. August of 2017, right? It was when we, like, first started yeah. recording, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on our website, we have, we published our first episode in September. So, yeah, it's been a little over two years, like, two oh. years. Oof. That's in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> and we are seeing a lot of momentum and getting more and more listeners, I feel like, daily and more and more messages, which is pretty incredible. Like, the fact that we've built this from scratch. Yeah. Pretty dope. Also, the fact that we have two people on our team now, that it's not just us That's three. mind-blowing for me. Yeah. yeah. And I, for me, I'm happy to say that, like, I think we're a little hesitant to bring on, like, just people on because I think we're so used to working with each other and it takes a lot of, like, kind of letting go of some control. But I think the people we brought on, like, Michelle is amazing. We trust her so much. And she's been with us since the beginning of, like, when we started bringing on an editor. We trust her about everything now with our episodes. Mm -hmm. And Hemi, we met her at our New York meetup because she's a friend of our friend Andrew. Oh, my God. I almost forgot how we met her. Yeah, Yeah. we met her in New York at our first ever meetup. The end of last year. Yes. And, like, then she moved to L.A. and... She's always been such a supporter of the Asian American like community in New York, and now having her in LA, it was such a natural fit for her to join our team. Yeah, and you yeah. know what's funny? Like, I think the reason why we pulled her onto our team is because on her Instagram stories, mm. she's such a good writer. Mm. Yeah. Like her Instagram stories, I'm just like, I live for it. It's so good. So when we saw that, we were like, okay, I think she would be really, really good for maybe like our newsletter if she was interested in that. And she's taken it and done a great job with the two that have come out so far. Yeah. yeah. And we still remember our the dinner that we had with her to mm-hmm. kind of like talk through this. She came prepared with a PowerPoint deck printed out for yeah. us. With the, what's it called? The wireframe? With a wireframe of how she wanted the newsletter, with what she could think about 
or like ideas around the content and ideas around like other events. So we know that she just her vision and her mission is very much in line with us. So yeah. we're incredibly excited to grow with her in the next year and more. I also remember during that dinner, she had thought it was kind of like more like an interview and all three of us were like, no, we already knew we were bring you on. <laughs> yeah. And so we told you, we're like, yeah, you're on. And she was like, wait, what? I prepared all this stuff. But it shows like the amount of commitment she's willing to put in with us. And I think another thing with Hemi that we we knew right away were Saul. So she was new to LA and then we, she kind of hung out with us because we're one of the few people she knew from LA because we met her in New York. But the level of like, um, how do I say this? She was always down and willing to help us. She's very selfless with the way her mm-hmm. actions were. And they're always very supportive of us. Yeah. Showed up at every event. Always offered help clean all these things. We're like, no, no, no. And I think for her, like, from for us, we saw how great her heart was with yeah. this community and with us. So we we're like, oh, such a natural fit. Right. Incredibly genuine. Yeah. Hey guys, now that we have an LLC, we've been trying to figure out how to organize everything from invoices to meeting notes, e-signing documents to manage your expenses. You already know that as an ENFJ, the J part of me loves efficiency. One of our 2020 goals for ABG is to own the entrepreneur role and scale our business. HoneyBook makes it easy for us to tackle the tedious admin work and direct our focus on the part of the business we love. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place, consolidating services like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp. Simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit tryhoneybook.com ABG. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to tryhoneybook.com ABG for 50% off your first year. That's tryhoneybook.com ABG. All right, so before recording this episode, all three of us listened back to episode 34, where we kind of set goals for 2019. So right now, we're going to individually go around and see if we actually maintain those goals and what goals we actually did hit. So who wants to start? (laughs) (laughs) Mel, you want to go first? Damn it. Okay. (laughs) All right, so listening last night, my 2019 goals was one, is to be more self-aware. I think it's because 2018, if I can remember, was the year my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, and I felt like I lost a lot of myself, and just my job in general. So 2019 was the goal for me to be more self-aware. And to be honest, I think I maintained that. Hmm. I'm pretty proud of myself for that goal. Definitely kind of skewed towards the end of the year, but I still feel in general I was able to maintain a general idea of who I am. Another thing I said in that episode was I wanted to monitor my happiness every month. Mm. I didn't do that. With Dalio, right? Yeah, with Dalio. Yeah, I kind of I kind of stopped. I think just naturally this year was so busy that I really kind of didn't pay attention to that. Mm. And there was like a negative result of that, and I'll talk mm-hmm. about that more in another episode. So I did not monitor my happiness every month. We also, I also said that I wanted... Um, well, how do you feel right now with your happiness? I'm really happy right now because I feel like we haven't hung out in like a week. And I just... <laughs> <a week. laughs> I know. We sound, I sound so oh attached. It actually has only been... A, it did feel like it was like two or three I know. weeks. Yeah. I think people who don't know us probably think that we're so attached to each other. But we kind of low-key are. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of our interactions have been... Yeah, because because of ABG has been growing, so much of it becomes almost more business and and recording so yeah it's nice when we get downtime to catch up which we haven't in a while yeah so I think right now I'm happy because I feel like this episode forced me to reflect on the year and like already write goals for 2020 so I feel like I kind of have a focus now I don't feel as lost which I did feel towards the end of the year but yep didn't monitor my happiness 
Um, and I also mentioned that I want to be open-minded to love because, you know, I wanted to like date or I wanted to date again. I didn't know how, how it's like to feel the butterflies. I didn't feel that for a while. I want to say I was open to experiences this year instead. I don't have any regrets with what I did this year. Uh, I think I mentioned in the sex episode that I did kind of try out like a friends of benefits thing. And that's something that in college I was starting to try and I realized it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. What happened this year was that it was kind of organic and how it happened. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm in a place now where why not see where this goes? Because I was pretty clear with my intention. I knew what was going on in my mind every step of the way. But obviously things didn't work out. And I realized through that experience is that I for sure want a serious partner. So I know for mm-hmm. now, like the friends and benefits kind of thing just doesn't work for me. Uh, the casual thing, just not for me. So at least I have that like realization that for affirmation too. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that I think Janet always tells me that she's like, well, at least, you know, you could feel those feelings again for someone. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, that is a nice reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard, especially after your like pretty serious relationship in 2018, right? Yeah. I think it always takes a lot of time to heal. But then when you have that first next person that you actually feel something for, it's like, oh, thank God I still have a heart. Which No, exactly. <laughs> they, I always say like the butterfly feelings from high school, it feels the same even like, yeah. now in your adulthood. And I want to I wanna feel that again. That's why it's so hard for me to like date casually because I'm just like, but I don't feel it. Yeah. Because I'm a feeler. It happens so much less, I think, as we get older because it's harder to meet people, right? So yeah. Sometimes it gets like, if a year passes and you don't feel it, you're like, Am I dead inside? Exactly. <laughs> so I think even though that situation didn't work out, I'm happy to have two like core like takeaways from it. Um, the last thing I kind of said was I wanted to decorate my living room. Oh yeah, I know. I was, and I was listening back. I was like, oh, I said that. I, I think it's because it's I've been in LA almost five years now, heading to, in 2020, and I've always been like kind of treated my home living space as somewhere that I just like be temporary. But I've finally been in my apartment for almost hitting three years now. And I'm in a financial place where I could, you know what, let me invest a little bit into my, my home and make it actual, an actual home. And finally this year, my roommate and I finished decorating our living room. Wow. Yeah, your nice. pictures look like it's from like a West Elm catalog. Yeah. But it's from Ikea <laughs> and TJ Maxx. Nella's good taste. She also does all of our like styling when we do photo shoots. So. I mean, I try. You have a good eye for that. I have no yeah. formal um, training, training, but it's I like just natural I, talent. It's, <laughs> hire her. It's fun. So I'll definitely like post a photo. I'll share it with, I share it with you guys, but finishing touches on the living room. Happy about that because for me, it sounds a little superficial, but I think your space that you live at is very important because this is a home you come home to and we're at the place where you gain energy. So happy about that as for my highlights of 2019 i feel like a lot of great things happened to me and my my friends in 2019 um looking back i kind of wrote i wrote this down i was looking at my instagram stories i've you know we story everything i'm like what are my monthly highlights and so a good way to do it yeah yeah it's a good good thing to look back on i put that i actually i started a new job in 2019 right i was like shoot i have a new job and like i finally feel like i'm at a company where i really care for so that's a big highlight. What's interesting is that that wasn't even part of your goals. It wasn't. For it just 2019. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true, huh? That's crazy. But yeah, I have, a, I have a new job. My little brother graduated from his dream college at UCLA. That's a huge thing for my family because I think being a part of every step of him at like applying and my little brother means so much to me to see him like walk those steps is just like really like a huge moment for our family. And I mean, Helen got engaged. That's like for me, it's a highlight. Cause I, that's a highlight for me because I... I think it's a very rare thing that two of your close friends get engaged. Like, you might be like, one of your friends get engaged. Like, oh, yay, happy. But it's like, with you guys, it's like, I feel like I got engaged. (laughs) (laughs) You're like our child. Mel lives vicariously, yeah. Actually, that's a good, I, well, maybe I should save my portion, but I also had my two, two really good friends get engaged this year. Oh, yeah. 
Huzzah. Oh, two years. That's Dresty and Helen. Yeah, so. It's like a huge, because I feel like it's. a big love year. And I was like driving, I'm like, I didn't realize how much just my friends getting engaged will hit me. But I think the mm-hmm. fact that like, especially with Helen, we see you almost like every week, all like we're attached. So just And we know you, Phil too, so yeah. it's like a double, yeah. It's like a celebration. You know, it's like a, she's like smiling so big. <laughs> Just like, damn, you took the thing on my list. <laughs> but for you, obviously, definitely is a highlight. No, that makes me really happy. Actually, I don't know if it's my highlight. <laughs> Sorry, girls. <laughs> but I think in general, though, looking, uh, actually looking at my list, a lot of my highlights are from ABG. Yeah. I feel like we hit a lot of like milestones for us and we don't really realize it. Even like this episode, like we don't realize all the things that we've done and like, and also it's because we don't want to like, how do you say this? You don't want to feel like you're uh, bragging about these things. So you feel guilty of feeling like, oh, I accomplished all these things. I don't think we should feel that way. I really? think we yeah. need to be Celebrate. our own best advocate. Yeah. But I can see where that thinking comes from. I think a lot of that is like a little a bit cultural, right? That oh, we're taught sure. to kind of be, yeah. have a lot of humility and mm-hmm. be humble. Be humble. Um, and that's something I think the three of us, we kind of, especially with the ABG stuff too, we try to balance with like being really appreciative and having a lot of gratitude, but also knowing that when you're trying to push a business and push a brand, like mm. there is a lot of confidence that we have to have with that, right? And own a lot of our accomplishments. So. That's true. But I think we're also very transparent when we're not. Yeah. We're very... <laughs> balances all of the accomplishments that we do have and it's important to talk about the struggles that we face too very true true. yeah we show exposure to both so yeah celebrate and then also call out your own failures that's true i think one thing i want to add is that i feel like we mentioned in in our recap but like i think speaking of the women's conference it's like a huge deal for me and not for Mm, us because i feel really proud to represent the asian american woman but i think this is like we were being recognized as just women who are empowered and speaking towards our culture and identity to other people who aren't yeah, necessarily yeah. Asian. There were Asian a lot of people American. there that were not not Asian, and they they like came up to us afterwards. They're like, "We love what you're doing." Like, we can relate. Yeah, the know? messaging is really universal. Sometimes. Universal, yeah, because we talked a lot about um, imposter syndrome and just mental health, and a lot of people can really relate to that, regardless if you're Asian or not. Yeah, and I remember moments leading up to it, like you have no idea how like petrified we were because we've mentioned before like public speaking is just not our forte, and literally the night before we had like so many like. Play like index cards. Oh, it was bad. I think at 10 p.m. we had printed out um, note cards of what we thought we wanted to say. And then we just like revamped the whole thing. We were like pretty frantic. And then we reprinted the note cards and and it turned out really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that because the event came after your engagement, right? No, before. No, you before. had your ring. You said fiance. Oh, that's right. It was and at the, the conference. Oh, yeah. it was well, after. Why, why it was kind of a bit of a rush is because we were back to back for almost a month leading up to this event with other speaking events yeah. and other things that were planning. Because right? off so the most just, off the mic right before it was in October. October. All right, my timing's so off. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just how like that's the reflection of like how crazy the end of the year was for us. Yeah, I yeah. do think starting from like September, o- yes. October time, all the way through to December, we were we had so many back to back things that were happening and then that was also when merch was picking up and Mm -hmm. we were trying to like we had a lot of like weekly things to do but then also like speaking events that were happening so yeah a little crazy (laughs) oh bc was the week right before that's why so much we were traveling across the country (laughs) but i think for me it's it's a huge accomplishment just us just us collectively because i remember walking away like i was like a huge sigh of relief that we did it Mm-hmm. It may not have been the best, but I think we were, it was solid and knowing the yeah. fact that there's so many things we could work on to make it better. Because I remember holding the mic and I was shaking. Like, I don't think I was that nervous before for any other event. So I think walking away, I'm like, you know what? I'm proud of us for getting here. That's like a highlight. Speaking of lows, Janet mentioned how I think once September, October of 2019 hit, there's just like a back-to-back events that were lined up for us individually and as ABG collectively. And so I think with that, I kind of like lost track of me or like putting myself first I don't want to say I lost my identity because I do feel like um, I, I was more self-aware 
in general, but I think I just kind of maybe my people pleaser side came out. And I just put everything else before me. And there's so many times where like I would schedule like a dinner because someone asked me to and I didn't realize how, how busy my work week was going to be or how busy ABG was because we had to fulfill merch. And I, I was like, crap, I'm going to be that person that bails, but I don't want to. So I ended up going. And then myself, the time I need usually to like recharge after a long day of work was gone. And I think a bunch of those type of moments accumulated through the end of the year just left me feeling like I am so burnt out and I don't feel like I'm whole anymore. And I don't, yeah, I just, I didn't feel like I was lost, but I felt like I wasn't complete. Too, too fragmented. Yeah. And I, I realized I am someone that I like alone time and I need time alone to journal or to like maybe go to the gym or meditate, but I had none of that anymore towards the end of 2019. I also felt like a lot of guilt because I felt a lot, I felt a lot of, um, Obligation. obligations to people mm-hmm. and it's just like, man, like I, I couldn't say no. So I feel like my low in general was just like accumulation of just not of saying yes to the wrong things for myself. Mm. The good thing is for 2019, making it more positive, is that I started going to therapy again, which I think is going to help me be in a better place in my mind and my body for 2020. So I'm happy about that. But I feel like I kind of had to hit a place where I was like really low to realize I got to go back to therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why I actually wasn't going to therapy is because my new job didn't have health insurance for a while. So I was kind of like, looking for other alternatives, but nothing was working. So now that I have health insurance again, it feels great to be like, all right, let's go back. Yeah. And Mel, you know, you're not alone in feeling kind of like that struggle between um, being able to like meet other people's demands or needs and then being reflective of your own. Because I definitely was like that, I think a lot more in my late 20s mm-hmm. too. Um, I lived in like San Francisco. I remember I had friends that would be like, oh yeah, I'm coming to town, I'm coming to town. And just my automatic response when people ask me to do anything is I would look at my calendar mm-hmm. to see if I'm available versus thinking, is this something I actually want? Yeah. And then, especially over the holidays, that influxes a lot. And so you get to a place where you're like doing a lot of stuff that you're not mm-hmm. a fan of. Mm-hmm. And it, that gets better as you get older because you'll learn to say no and you don't so it sounds horrible. You're not, it's not that you don't care what people think as much, but it's like you start to prioritize your own. Like mm-hmm. if I'm going to be broken, we I can't even do anything with you You know, next That's time. True. So I feel like this whole year too, Mel, you've gotten a lot better at saying no mm-hmm. and advocating for yourself too. Yeah. yeah. We're very proud of you for that. I'm going to continue yeah. encouraging that. because Thank good. you. I know. I was like, the, I'm always the first to call you guys. I remember one time because we all three of us had a dinner schedule with like another group of friends and we scheduled like way like a month in advance and when that time came all three of us were like burnt out and from work yeah. and I looked at and I, and I, I think I called Janet or Helen I was like I called them I was like I was about to cry because I was like running errands I'm like I can't go to this dinner because I'm so behind on my personal life like I have nothing in my fridge all these things and when you guys were like it's okay no 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 you don't have to go you don't feel there's no pressure for you to go mm-hmm. but part of me is like but I'm that person that's like literally like I'm not a flaker so I'm just like, crap, like I'm disappointing all these people that set these, this time apart. They're all driving to meet here for dinner and I'm saying I can't go. Not because I have other plans, because I emotionally just don't want to be there. Yeah. But you felt so much better afterwards, right? The fact that you were able to spend <sighs> yeah. some time for yeah. yourself. Yeah. So that's one of those where it sucks to, you know, but like flaking every once in a while to be committed to yourself is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Asian Boss Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. You can take classes in marketing where you learn how to grow your community and work with brands or classes about how to get your podcast off the ground. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job, figuring out your next side project, or pursuing a long-time passion, Skillshare has classes for you. Are you working a full-time job but still want to foster creative hobbies? 
I know that's something I want to develop more in 2020, hashtag goals. Skillshare offers courses and activities like creative writing, photo editing, and illustrations for those evenings after work and weekends when you want to spend time on flexing your creative muscles. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two free months. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com ABG. Again, that's Skillshare.com ABG to start your two-month free trial now. That's Skillshare.com ABG. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How about you, Janet? What were your reflections? Oh, these long monologues that we have. Were <laughs> <laughs> Let me think back. 2019. I mean, it was a crazy year for ABG, I think, as we kind of all went through, like, we 2X an activity from 2018 to the 2019. For me, it was also, I feel like, personal life, like a 2X. I mean, looking at my list here, I'm like, what order do I want to go through? Top down, baby girl. Top down. Let me start. Maybe that should be a song. I thought it was a song. <laughs> so maybe I should start with, uh, yeah, so if I said ABG2X, what else in my life 2X'd a lot? Um, it was on the career front. So I, like Mel, started a new job in 2019. Wow. I was like listening back to our episode 34 where I talked about one of my goals was to kind of figure out what my personal definition of success was for mm-hmm. my career. So I think I might have talked about this in previous episodes, but when I was younger in my career, I focused a lot more on kind of like the status things when it came to looking for a job. I was looking at title, I was looking at pay, I was looking at company names, and um, I pursued jobs that gave me that, right? And those are not bad things to focus on. They were actually I think pretty good for when you're like starting out but the thing is have you guys heard of that saying that there's no such thing as a free lunch like everything comes with a cost so you can't if things look amazing on one end like you're paying for it in some other end right Mm. so um, though these jobs provided all of those amazing things the trade-off was that they were generally pretty high stress they didn't provide good work-life balance and the environments were more tense and competitive and when I started to get very honest with myself I realized that I did not value those pros enough to withstand those cons Mm. and because of that then I kind of made some career switches and I found jobs that provided better work-life balance and were more collaborative and flattened culture right So that was kind of where I was when I was like going into 2019. I started to feel, however, 
that I was getting a little stagnant at those jobs that felt a little bit more balanced and I was looking for opportunities to grow. Unfortunately, when I started to think about growth, um, I started to kind of go back to some of those old values that I had. And within like title, pay, company in particular, I was looking at like this drive to really get promoted. You know, that wasn't like the only reason why I chose the job that I went with, but it was a huge reason. It was a big driver. And flash forward to a couple months and I found myself in a really similar state to when I was much younger, which was working in a setting that really did not align with my values. So all that to say kind of like 2019 for me was like a really crazy year in that I felt like I was really deliberate in making a decision to change to a new job, went to a new job, got royally burnt out, and then left that job all within eight months. (laughs) But taking everything as a positive spin, when I think back to like what was valuable from that, I do now know much more about what it is that I prioritize within a job. So, you know, there's things like what you're willing to trade off versus what you value. For example, I'm willing to get paid less and I'm willing to have a lower title if it means that the place that I work at is more organized and there's more of a balanced environment. And then secondly, I faced one of my biggest fears. So when I was younger, failure was one of my greatest fears. And honestly, the last like five to 10 years, I thought I kind of grew out of that, especially because I've jumped around so much and I feel like I've had so many experiences of like failures within my career. But apparently I'm not over that. And that's still something that I fear a lot because, you know, though I've had those small failings before in this job for the first time, I feel like I failed the most and the biggest. I got, you know, feedback that I was like underperforming. I felt like I was really pushed to limits that were really uncomfortable for me. Mm. But the nice thing about meeting a big fear is that when you survive it, it starts to have less power over you, right? So now I feel like, I mean, but you guys saw me a couple months ago. I was like rock bottom burnt out. Like, I'm not good at anything. You know, you get kind of like really in your head. But then when you have some distance from a a large fear or a large failure, you start to be like, okay, things are okay. And you build a little bit of resiliency. So that was, I think, probably one of the bigger sectors of like external things that was happening for me in 2019. But a huge thing that I also focused on was self-work. And I talked about kind of starting going to therapy and I was like journaling and in reflection. So I did, I did about six months of therapy in, in 2019. And in hindsight, I think that 2019 for me was a lot around like healing And what I mean by that is I did a lot of like exercises with my therapist uh, through journaling and different things to really uh, reflect a lot on my past, my childhood, my adolescence, uh, young child or young adulthood to kind of really better understand the things like what are the things that I have a tendency toward and maybe why I'm doing them. So how I am, who I am and why I am the way that I am. I mean, I actually saw two different types of therapists. I went to one woman who is much more focused on like just high level establishing what's your history. And then she was much more focused on like, what are tactics that we can implement for the present? And then I saw another lady a couple of times who is like a really deeply studied psychoanalyst. And she specialized in helping people understand like how experiences in their childhood affect their adulthood. So I feel like in 2019, when it comes to therapy and self-work, I did a lot of like deeper introspection and digging and trying to figure out myself. And then in 2020, I want to continue this by now thinking about, okay, knowing all those things now, who do you want to be in the next decade? Mm. There were so many years like in my 20s where I remember hearing everyone talk about like, you need to do the work, do the work. Mm -hmm. Have you guys like heard all those like Mm -hmm. sayings? Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like talking to my friends. I was like, I want to do the work, but what's the work? (laughs) And I feel like 2019 was the one where I actually really did. I dug in and it was through the guidance of mostly going through a therapist who helped you 
you kind of figure out what does it mean to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I think I talked, it was kind of related, uh, self-work, but yoga, I, I wanted to get into yoga. So for 2019, I think I had a pretty good run. I practiced fairly regularly. Uh, and I had some months where I, I went a lot because they had like 30 day challenges or whatever. And then, you know, some weeks where I would go like one or three times. I locked like 100 to 130 classes. Damn. Um, Can you do a headstand? But then, <laughs> I, I could four months ago and then now I can't. Oh. So so this is where I get into like, I feel like I kind of ramped up, but then I hit a plateau. Keep balance on your ear. That would be quite a talent. Like, oh. Should that be my 2020 goal? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Balance on your earlobe. <laughs> I thought um, you said, can you balance on your fear? I'm like, dang, that's like some deep shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, it's an ear. Some deep, like, <laughs> I'll try to balance on both my ear and my fear. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like I did that, but then I also kind of hit a plateau and I really the last three or four months have not been going um and I I kind of think like that's okay and I'll talk about that when I go through my 2020 goals I think it's okay to kind of change up your to kind of think about what is the goal of of that activity and you don't have to continue the activity itself another uh pretty big thing was I talked about how I wanted to kind of change my relationship with alcohol at the end of 2018, I started a period of sobriety, and initially it was only going to be 90 days, and I ended up going for six months. And you know what? It was amazing. Like, I felt pretty nervous about it going in, to be honest. Like, I, it was nice, and I was a bit relieved that I, I could go for that long without having a drink. And for me, it's more like, I'm more at the habit of, like, drinking a lot of wine by myself, right? So I thought that would be the hardest part to stop. But actually, the harder thing was kind of the social aspect, and so it was being able to kind of explain to people why you weren't drinking. Oftentimes, because people, it's like, they might feel bad that you're not. And you're like, mm. no, this is, don't worry. Like, everything's fine. But what I found was it was really hard initially. Like, I went dry before we had holiday parties in 2018. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think that the hardest part is in the beginning. And once you have those conversations with people, then it becomes really easy. I remember we taught, we were talking about this. Is You talk to your therapist. You're not considered an alcoholic, but it's more like you personally don't like your relationship with alcohol. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that was something I was going to go into for 2020s, but I think it's a good thing maybe we talk upon in both a little bit. But so I think when it comes to the definition of quote-unquote an alcoholic, right, or alcoholism, mm-hmm. like many other things, there's a huge, huge spectrum. So there's very severe alcoholism, which is like maybe you're like very physically addicted and that it interferes with your ability to function on a daily basis. You're not able to keep down a job all those things right and then on the other spectrum it's like hey I drink alcohol and I feel shitty and I don't like it Mm -hmm. and everything in between is like there's such a huge gray scale so there's like abuse versus reliance versus all of these things and at the end of the day and this was something that I did have a lot of conversations with a professional about this she said it doesn't really matter like don't give yourself a title Mm -hmm. just think about what is your relationship with that thing? And do you like it? How do you feel about it, right? Mm. And also, instead of thinking about it in such a black and white way, like, I'm going sober forever. She's like, right now, at this period in your life, you don't like your relationship with alcohol. Right. Yeah. So just focus on that. You don't need to call it anything. You don't have to, even if you're making a decision to go sober, you don't have to proclaim, I'm a so- sober individual and I don't drink at all. Right. It's just like, you don't like what it's doing. Mm-hmm. You don't like your relationship with it right now. So for me, that was kind of what initiated it and I, it started in gradually and I kind of maybe want to encourage this for anyone who wants to change behavior in some way mm-hmm. like you don't have to do it overnight right like 2018 I did like 30 days of soberness and then 2019 is six months we'll talk about what I want to do in 2020 later but that was something I did in 2019 and because you know I, I, and I, I did kind of like do a lot of testing because for six months I was sober and then I started drinking again and when we talk about how busy the last third of the year got I really feel like um 
it my my drinking started to contribute to kind of the cycle of like stress factors in the way that I was managing life that I really did not like. And I shared a lot of sentiments with Mel of feeling incredibly burnt out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the holidays kind of passed. I did a lot of sleeping, as Helen said, just be on the couch. I think be my, one with the couch. Be one with the couch, yeah. I like slept, went on a couple runs, ate, met with family, and that was like it. Didn't mm. really do anything Sounds else. great. I mean, how do you feel after the six months? So did you feel like it was what you needed? And then you were like, okay, I can start incorporating alcohol again into my life? It felt really good on it, but it also wasn't like a cure-all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. And I think that's something that was really important. I was like, okay, maybe I'm just feeling hungover a lot. That's why sometimes I feel mm. depressive. And I realized like you can't blame the alcohol for or being in a hangover for stuff, but you just start like, it helped me kind of separate like emotions are still normal to mm-hmm. have. Right. And so I would still kind of go through periods of physically I felt good, but of course if I didn't sleep well one night, it would still be kind of moody yeah. and it wasn't because I was drinking or something. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like I thought that going six months sober meant that when I started drinking again, my tolerance would be really low and that it would go over time that I can incorporate it slowly. And for me, it just was not it like within a week or two, I felt like I was able to drink just as much. And then now, if not more. So that was something kind of is prompting me to kind of reevaluate my relationship with it. Mm. I think you talked about like your 2020 goals, which we'll talk about in the next episode, but like how you're taking like a six months sobriety. I was like, you know, I kind of consider that too, because like looking back at 2019, there's moments where like drinking kind of got out of hand for me, where it's just like there things were said on my behalf that I was just so ashamed that I said because mm-hmm. I was I was like under the influence but part of me is like damn like I just don't want to I don't want to put myself in that place again to say these things yeah. and also like right now I associate alcohol with anxiety because it's almost like a guarantee the next day I wake up like I can't sleep because I just have this association this relation with alcohol and the next day it's like yeah like Sunday scaries mm-hmm. I kind of get that like my heart races and all this stuff and just like the thought of drinking like every weekend all the time doesn't sound appealing to me anymore mm. so i'm just like hey janet maybe i'll join you on this um i've been thinking about it too y'all yeah, yeah maybe we'll do an abg dry something dry something dry day <laughs> <laughs> just one day, one day. <laughs> but it just also like i was talking to a friend just talking about abg and just looking back of the year and just in general so many things have changed like you just even, even you talking about 2019 but do you guys ever like listen back to like an old episode of abg like i, I think i mentioned episode i was like yeah like a test i would have for a guy that i want to date it's like can we go vegas and drink all this time and i'm just like wow i would never do that now as a test <laughs> for a guy wow, because no. i feel like our relationship with alcohol is changing yeah, yeah. as we're aging and stuff But I like your reflection on um, the year. I think you have one more though, right, Janet? Just one more. Yeah. So I did talk about how one of my focuses for 2019 was going to be on doing more activities that just brought me joy. And for me, um, one of my interests is art and I just haven't really made a lot of time for that or not until 2019. And so I really made an effort to go to a lot more museums and galleries um, all around California, like Los Angeles and San Francisco. And also during 2019, because I had this goal, I started kind of a list of contemporary art museums that were around the world that I would love to visit someday. And I made a trip out to London to visit the Tate Modern, kind of planned a trip all around that, and then also hit up Berlin, which was close by, because Berlin is a city that is also very creative and known for a lot of their museums and galleries. So that was something I feel very proud of that, I had an interest and I kind of like moved forward with it. But the thing is, it was like similar to yoga. I kind of feel like it was something that I, I kind of 
really wanted to do this year. And then after going through and doing a lot of these things, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'm like, I've had my fill for now. And this mm. doesn't have to be something that I do continuously mm-hmm. over and over. So it was like a, it was a nice thing to do in 2019, 2020. Maybe I'm not going to be so big into art and galleries and stuff. I think it's cool that you actually did it though. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. And it was really, I think it's nice to have something that was like outside of work and outside of any, yeah. act. so it's like something just for you to kind of mm-hmm. do and, and put your time towards and you don't have to like have any, metric against it or anything did you go to mexico too this year was that i did yeah so that was i guess because yeah things that just bring me joy i guess i traveled twice by myself this year and to puerto vallarta i'm probably gonna butcher that how do you maybe i think i feel like helen can say better how do you spell it (laughs) puerto vallarta it's funny because I'm reading the notes at PBS. Like, oh, she went to Palos Verde. <laughs> I was like, when did she do that? <laughs> but yeah, it was. It went to Mexico, <laughs> Mexico, and then also to London and Berlin. So it was nice to do things that were for myself by myself. I guess. Did you discover anything about yourself on these solo travels? Yeah. Um. You know, there were two really, really different trips. The one to Mexico was right before I started my new job, and it was very low planning and all I did was like literally sit by the pool for four days and read your Dalai Lama book and read my Dalai Lama and, and, yeah. and get sunburned no yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got severely sunburned because I didn't bring sunblock and I refused to pay like $50 for their resort <laughs> sunblock or whatever um it was a very chill and self-reflective trip and then going to London and Berlin, I feel like it was the opposite where I thought, I'm like, I was really burnt down. Like, I need to go and just chill out and sit at cafes or whatever. And then when I got there, I realized, no, there's actually all the stuff I want to see and do. And I kind of went overboard on, like, maybe putting too many things on a to-do and exhausting myself. But then I think there was also something really restorative about exhausting yourself on a trip, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, like you have a nice sleep and you feel like... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Like coming home after a long day of walking around and seeing new things, you can actually get really good rest. So mm. that is like, that was another way to Also, do it. you feel like you took advantage of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That you were productive, yeah. We are so excited to be partnering up with Every Lashes. Every Lashes is created by fellow ABG Paulina Lay, who was inspired to create false lashes suitable for her Asian eyes after having a hard time finding ones that fit well for her. Every Lashes strives to design lashes that look natural and enhance all eye shapes and sizes, including and especially for Asian eyes. Their philosophy is that we should be able to wear eyelashes every day, not just on special occasions. So their lashes are designed to be wearable and comfortable for everyday use. I usually prefer a very minimal makeup look and don't typically wear false lashes, but I tried out the Sunday brunch lashes and they were light, subtle, and perfect for a daytime or nighttime look. Personally, as a huge fan of falsies, every lashes 9-5 3D lashes have been my go-to pair. The 9-5 3D lashes look dramatic but look so natural on and fall under the 3D foam mink line. Their lashes are the added oomph I need to leave the house feeling so hot and go so well with my daytime and nighttime makeup. To get your pair today, go to everylashes.com. That's E-V-R-Y lashes.com and use our code ABG for 15% off. Again, it's ABG for 15% off. And Miss Helen, how was your 2019? 2019. Okay. Um, so for me, I think I mentioned this on, on episode 34. I think a lot of my goals that I had set for myself were really like external related. Things that I felt like I kind of should be doing, 
the goals included, I should be getting a promotion, which was probably the biggest goal that I had set for myself. Uh, we should start selling merch and securing ad revenue for our podcast, supporting other Asian American women and growing our community, being a better friend to other people, cooking more, getting a pull up, getting more woke on pop culture. And I noticed like a lot of your goals, Jenna and Mel, were very internally focused and like self-healing, meditation, yoga, mindfulness, journaling, taking a break from alcohol for like more mental clarity. And from this past year, I didn't hit like half my goals, mainly because of the revelation that I got from not hitting my biggest goal, which was to get a promotion at work. I didn't get the promotion and I put a lot of pressure on myself, like constantly to succeed in everything that I do without really understanding the why of why I want to do it. I've always said that I was like a box checker. You know, you get good grades, get a good job, do well at your job, make money, check all these boxes. And I think that does also go for a lot of people, particularly of Asian backgrounds. Um, yet I never took the time to be in touch with myself. Like work was such a big distraction in my life. It completely consumed me. But now, you know, I'm asking myself, what is my purpose on this earth <laughs> as as like woo woo as that sounds that's my last name <laughs> for now um <laughs> and you know this year i feel like i'm really starting that journey towards more mental clarity and it's because you know i didn't get the promotion and yes i felt like it was such a big failure momentarily but i think it was really good that i i didn't get that promotion because now i'm finally starting to do more of that like internal work and then other goals that i had set for myself in episode 34 abg merch and securing ad revenue i think that's a part of our business that i like genuinely love doing and i like watching our business grow and i feel like we definitely accomplished that this year good job um supporting other asian american women that was another goal of mine this past year, I've had a lot of one-on-ones with Asian American women who contacted me, mostly for career advice. And I love that aspect of what we do, having sort of like consistent mentees and having deeper conversations with people who look up to you or who are looking for help on the next stages of their lives. Um, that's something that I really enjoy doing. And another one was to be a better friend and to excel at my own things separate from my boyfriend, now fiance. I definitely think this past year, the narrative has been very Helen focused. And I think Philip would agree. I do think I've become a better person for myself, which in turn is a better person in our relationship too, because of it. Another goals I had was wanting to cook more. Failed at that. I order freshly every week now. <laughs> that was just, you know, creative problem solving. <laughs> wanting to get a pull up. Failed. <laughs> Did not get a pull up yet. And then going to therapy. I think in hindsight, this was maybe the goal that should have been the biggest goal of last year rather than aiming for a promotion in my job. Um, but I've been consistently going to therapy and it's the best thing that I think I should have done like years ago. I think when you can understand the deep rooted parts of you and address certain like shame that you've turned a blind eye to for years and accept every like thought and feeling that you had or have as valid and worthy and understand how to cope with those things as well it feels very very good i'm really proud of you yeah Phelan, by the way yeah thanks ladies and and i was i was encouraged by you two to also just start therapy right even looking at your goals from last year and and all that you've accomplished like i was like ooh, that looks that looks nice let me start doing <laughs> that but you just feel so much like fuller as a as a person mm -hmm. you know and in order to present your best authentic self you really need to understand who you are mm -hmm. and accept your past your present and everything about you so that to me was maybe the biggest win of 2019 and even though i didn't hit half my goals i 
don't consider it a failure at all. Mm -hmm. This was maybe, yeah, the biggest year for me um, to just be in touch with myself again, to accept like every awkward, weird part of me. And to understand that it's just like all part of the human experience too, and to really love every part of it. It's interesting because it's like if you look at it on one hand, if you have your list of say like 10 things and you're like, oh, I missed like 50% of it. But I feel like the two that were really like with the job situation, mm-hmm, promotion, mm-hmm. and then with therapy, those two are like 90% weight between the two. You could also look at it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those really heavy hitters. That's true. Yeah. I feel like you had an amazing, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the therapy thing, I was super proud of you when you started telling us about um, not only that you were going, but then some of the things you were working through with her. I was like, that sounds really productive. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I definitely recommend it for anyone out there who still sees therapy as there's a stigma around it and it's only for people who have really deep issues. Um, I think everyone can benefit from yeah. therapy. And honestly, it's never too late. I think because I remember we talked about this in New York in the apartment where all three of us were having like girl chat. And back in 2017, was it 2018? 2018, mm-hmm. you were thinking about wanting to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you took that first step is amazing. Yeah. And I like the fact that we're so open about this that we can actually share, like, oh, this is what I learned in therapy. Mm Because I know therapy is a private thing, but if you feel comfortable with your girlfriends or your close friends to share, I think it's really encouraging to hear, like, these are the deep things that they're working through and, like, don't feel like you're you're weird or something strange with you because you have your individual problems. I think therapy sets that, like, it's just nice to share about these things. And lastly, other significant events from this past year. I got engaged. I guess I have to add. That. Side, note. Yeah. Side, Side note. Side note. It's on the top of, of Mel's list, but right in the bottom. Hello. <laughs> I mean, isn't your left hand kind of heavy right now? Or? It's a little heavier than my right hand. Yeah. Yeah. I get some jacked left arm over there. <laughs> my fiance also opened up a cafe in San Gabriel yeah. Valley, Bocamofa Cafe. Go check it out. I also got LASIK. I got eye surgery. So mm. 2020, 2020 vision for that yeah. 2020 year. <laughs> yeah. And my sister had a beautiful baby girl riley last year uh she is a valentine's day baby she's definitely a sweetheart too yeah i went carless so did a cost benefit analysis yes don't have a car anymore (laughs) taking a lift everywhere i go had a crazy allergic reaction to something in the gym that made the list (laughs) (laughs) and also traveled to a bunch of different places um but my favorite was like banff and jasper in alberta canada Mm. it's the most beautiful naturey place on earth for anyone who's looking for a place to go your photos definitely have helped place banff on my list of places i would like to visit yeah surprisingly me too really yeah hiking hiking now in 2020 (laughs) no no i tried hiking i don't like it but I was she, gonna, she just wants to ride in a car and no, see the, the, the boat, like the paddling. I think oh, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to hike to that, actually. I know. Probably just you know, get on a boat, so I'm cool with that. So would you say, like, because you mentioned your high is probably like going to therapy, but would your low be from like the, the, the you didn't get the promotion, right? Yeah, I think that put me into a very low place in my life. Like, you question your abilities, you question your self worth, you question a lot of things. Um, And it's just like, why Mm. did that happen, you know? Mm. And even though I could justify it with all the different things that happened that I feel was kind of unjust, it still makes you feel like you just didn't do enough at the end of the day, right? And I think that resulted in the high of me looking more internally at myself and focusing on the things that are important and and the things that are driving me to be the person that I am, the choices that I'm making. Mm -hmm. So going to therapy and like understanding all of that has made such a big difference. So it's, it's weird. It's like my low absolutely contributed to my high like I've been doing this job for almost 10 years now 
and it is always so work focused and so mm-hmm. like get things done get things done do a yeah. good job check boxes and now i feel like i'm finally like okay let's focus on myself let's slow it down just a little bit to become the best version of myself and i don't i don't think that would have happened if i had gotten the promotion mm. so nice. blessings in disguise yeah yeah this quote i found the other day but i can't find it but it's just pretty much saying like i thank god for the person i'm about to become mm. because i feel like but in order to get that realization you gotta hit your lows yeah you know what i mean because i think a big part of being asian american and just in general like hearing us talk is that i think a lot of our identity is built into our job and our career like i am a finance whatever i am da 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 mm-hmm. but i really am not that like that's not who i that doesn't the title doesn't define me right but we put so much weight on it I yeah. think that's why I mean, when even when Jana was talking about her failures at work, you tied so much of that to your identity, yeah. right? And even with you, Helen, like you're, you've been there for 10 years and mm-hmm. I can see why it's impacting you guys so much. Even with my job, like we hit lows, we were like, we feel like we're not this image of what we thought we were, you know? Yeah. Or it's almost like you have a path and you know what you're supposed to do or mm-hmm. where you should be. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, if I'm not reaching that, then you just feel really shitty about yourselves. And yeah, yeah. like throughout our whole lives, especially... I feel like for us, with growing up in like an Asian household where it's like, okay, you have to get, you know, become a doctor, become whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not that. I'm already missing the target of what you mm-hmm. want me to be, but I'll be good at this thing. And yeah. then it's like, well, if you can't even be good at that thing, then it's like, so what, what is you... your, what are your values? You know, what is mm-hmm. your, what is your worth? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I, I feel like I had already gone through a reckoning of this sort, like five years ago before mm-hmm. going into UX design mm-hmm. I had already hit that point where I felt I could see I was like wow why am I putting so much self-value mm-hmm. on work and then I realigned and then kind of was like okay I'm going to do other things and now work is going to be less it's like going to be more contained mm-hmm. but even after doing that and then five years later I have another reckoning right yeah. so it's like there's a soft spot in me to have a tendency to look at my job for my identity mm-hmm. and I need to know that maybe for the rest of my life there might be moments where I'll have that tendency yeah. and then I have to kind of pull back and reevaluate. yeah but I love moments like that that's what I realized in 2019 is like you know I was looking listening back and I remember when I was talking about my breakup and I felt like I was awake again it's a yeah. moment of like I've been so complacent in life. Yeah. This is a good opportunity for me to, to actually reevaluate what I really want and truly mm-hmm. value in myself and the world. And it's, like a, it's an awakening pretty much. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, you have moments of this in periods of your life where you feel low, but it's so necessary for you to like kind of elevate to the next, yeah. unlock this next level of your life. It's just so hard though sometimes because your career provides mm-hmm. you the financial mm-hmm. stability that we kind of all need, right? So yeah. we feel like we're almost like handcuffed to our job and doing well at our jobs. But yeah, I think the thing that I've learned is that it's so important just to take some time off, even mm-hmm. if it's just like on the weekends or something like that, to just do stuff for yourself and do a lot of internal work. Do the work, yeah. right? Whatever that work is, look it up. <laughs> It'll be different for every person. Yeah. But like, do the internal work. And I think overall, you just become a much happier person. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like tying back to help. You guys asked me, are you happy now? And I think mm-hmm. I said yes, because I... Also realize just talking to you both, just as the the year is coming to a close, I realize we had all these lows and highs in the year, but I think with the lows, I'm excited because I feel happy knowing the fact that 2020 is a fresh start. It's a new decade. And I feel like there's so many more like realistic goals that we're setting for ourselves individually and collectively for ABG that I'm just excited for the next year. And I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, the tail end may be a little bumpy because all this stuff, but like then it's a fresh start. There's no pressure but it's a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And we will definitely dive more into the details of that fresh start in our next episode. Uh, but for now, I think that kind of wraps our 2019 reflection. Yeah. What a year. I know. It's been a great year. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, um, we would love to hear some of your reflections in the comments below on our social media on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl. And if you enjoyed this episode, also leave us like a mirror emoji for reflections. Ah, that's clever. Is there a mirror emoji? If there isn't, find the thing that's nearest <laughs> to a mirror. <laughs> you can also catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, and all the other podcasting platforms. Yes, hit that subscribe button and we will just pop up in your feed. We also mentioned that we have a newsletter, so go ahead and sign up at asianbossgirl.com slash newsletter. And we also have our merch that's also available on asianbossgirl.com. Backslash shop. Thanks, Janet. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye!